Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Return of the Roar podcast. Glad to be back. The season is over. This is our first uh, postseason. Well, po- Sacramento Kings postseason. The rest of the NBA is still going on. Uh, that's that's something we're used to here. Oh, is but, it? Does that happen for other yeah, teams? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Interesting. Other, other teams continue past uh, past the, well, it wasn't even 82, hey, 72 the King, this year. the Kings played some May basketball this season. They, they sure did. did. Hey, this is the, when was last time? I think you put 2006. that out. Yeah, last time the Kings played in May, 2006. So. Well, I mean, come on. I mean, that's an achievement. We gotta, yeah, we got to take every win we can here. Well, we're By doing way, that. Didn't they play into June yesterday? I feel like last we should year, introduce I mean? Jay Morris here. <laughs> Jay, Jay Morris is here. They played in August last year, baby. That's Jeez. that's that's a first. Yeah, that yeah that that was a uh, that was something. That was something. Let's not revisit that. No, right? no, no bubble <laughs> no. talk. No, no bubble talk. Um, we should talk about the uh, the news that I guess you can say it broke yesterday. Uh, f- shout out James Ham, who uh, who was the first one on it. Uh, Sacramento Kings head coach Luke Walton. Will still be with the team next season. Um, again, that news dropped yesterday uh, at around like three o'clock. We were predicting uh, pretty much for the past couple weeks that that would be dropped the day after the season. But uh, initial reactions, Jay, were you surprised by no. by that news? I had, I think that morning we were talking about it, and I had put it at about. I want to say like 65-35, I thought he was returning. So I was leaning towards a return, given everything we had heard building up the last couple weeks. You know, you can factor in the contract however way you want to look at that. But I just thought going into the offseason, I didn't think there was an upgrade on the market that would come to Sacramento. Yeah. So I was like, all right, if the head coach has your star players or your core guys, as we like to call them around here, if your head coach has their ear, that's not something we're used to in Sacramento. Yeah. That's going to hold, I think, a lot of water. So, yeah, no, I wasn't shocked at all. It's a good point. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. Like with the way that the news was kind of stacking up towards the end of the season, it was definitely seeming like that Luke's probability of coming back was on a pretty upwards trajectory. Frank, were you surprised? Uh, No, not at all. I mean, again, you saw it with, by the way, I can't look at you guys while I'm talking, just so you know. Uh, Just want to point that out. Also, we have... We didn't even introduce Jay. I, did. I, I was trying to. Before I get into my opinion on Luke Walton, in, yeah. I mean, Jay Mars from Jay the Carmichael Dave Show. The Carmichael Dave Morning he Show. He already belted out some opinions. Uh, first time on the podcast. We're just rolling with it, baby. Yeah. We're, we're getting going with We're getting it. getting going. Uh, no, I mean, I wasn't surprised. You saw the, the attitudes of, of, of players like De'Aaron Fox who came out and, and backed up Luke Walton on the Howard Beck interview. Uh, other players in the recent days have backed up the entire coaching staff, the training staff. Uh, it's been pretty noteworthy how the players have not come out and, and done anything other than back up their coaching staff. And that includes Luke Walton. And I know it's an unpopular decision. Believe me, I've been seeing the tweets. I've been seeing <laughs> the Facebook posts. I've been seeing uh, people on the side of the road just breaking things and being angry, whatever yeah. you want to call it. Waving uh, their pitchforks. Waving their pitchforks. Setting it, fires. It's not a popular decision among uh, a majority of the Kings fans that are online. Of course, we don't know about everyone that's not online, but um, which is a lot of people, by the way. I want to point. I do that yes. out. hear that. I hear that there's people who live offline. I still. do hear that. Yeah, that is, that is a good point. Uh, so, hey, it is what it is. It, it's done. It is. What uh, it is. I'm not surprised. Am I happy about it? I mean, I'm kind of neutral about it. I hope the team can can win with him. I hope the team can figure things out. As obviously, but um, it's nice that the king, like the Kings kind of came out and nipped it in the bud before um, the offseason really began because we didn't want this to be hanging over the heads of everybody for a majority of summer, and it's good that they came out. They leaked it to a local source, which I thought was really important after um, you know the last 
news that came out with, where it went right through Woj and, yeah. and the big guys. After so like two days of silence. Yeah, after two days of silence about Tyrese's injury. So uh, good on the Kings to give it to a local source first. Good on the Kings to uh, knock it out of the way. And, and yeah, here we are. Here we are. Uh, Jay, we were talking a little bit before um, about how you've kind of been getting, I mean, we've all been getting we backlash get about being positive. <laughs> but uh, I think it was interesting what you were saying about why, I mean, it's not necessarily, you know, is Luke the grand all be all solution? No, I think we can all agree that's prop. We could all be proven wrong, mm-hmm. maybe someday, and I'll be happy about it. But um, just, I want you to rehash that take. So basically, let's look at it from the the eight years under Vivek Ranadive, yep. right? We've had five head coaches. Let's go through it. Michael Malone had his team's ear, right? Mm-hmm. We, that that was established. Michael Malone had those guys. All right, Tyrone Corbin, no. George Carl, no. Dave Yeager, no. Luke Walton, yes. All right, so let's factor that part into it. So, because there's a lot of people, and again, there, there's context that people like to make up. People like to come up with narratives, which that's fine. Do what you got to do. I try to take a neutral stance on these things because I feel it's important to not let emotion play into this when we talk about it. Because I think it's so easy when you root for a team that has been so inept for 15 years. It's so easy to jump the gun on what an issue might be. Um, let's look at that 39 win season under Dave Yeager. Four of the Kings five starters this year for most of the season were on that team and were major contributors. Darren Fox, Buddy Heald, Marvin Bagley, and Harrison Barnes at, at the end of that season. And at the end of that season, that team fell apart. And you started to hear it like Yeager's losing the locker room and there were personal issues going on. He's not connecting with his guys And Dave Yeager was let go despite winning 39 games. You bring in Luke Walton now, who, let's be fair, has had some extenuating circumstances, whether it was COVID, starts and stops to seasons, you know, uh, his personal stuff right when he got hired. I mean, that stuff does take an effect on somebody. Mix that in with an India trip and no training camp. It's like, all right. Two no training camps. Two no training camps, really. And this year you have a roster that lost a good portion of its bench from last year when the team was starting to figure it out. Like, there's a lot of stuff that goes into, but the the constant there is the roster makeup. So you're trying to tell me these core guys that essentially quit on Dave Yeager because he was too mean. And we're like, oh, my God, why did they let go of Yeager? You bring in Walton, who now has these guys, and we're like, oh, it's Walton's fault. It... What is the one consistent there? It's the roster. It's the core guys. This roster is soft. This roster needs some major overhauling, man. And and I and I hate doing this because it sounds like I'm coming in and defending Luke Walton. That's not what I'm trying to do. Had Luke Walton been let go yesterday, I would not have cared in the sense of I don't have any sort of attachment to him. But I also look at the past two years like, yo, there's been, again, a lot of extenuating circumstances. There have been roster issues galore. You have to address those things first, in my opinion, before you start looking at your coaching staff. I think that's totally fair because I think at the say what you will about Luke Walton. I've been a huge fan of the player development that's happened yeah. in his time here. And that's something that we haven't seen, especially, I think, specifically, you know, Ben McLemore, somebody who we saw progress minimally in his time here. And that was really the period of time where I feel like we could have used player development the most. 
And what we see now is De'Aaron Fox has gotten better every year he's been here. Rashawn Holmes has gotten better every year he's been here. Buddy Heald, I would say, is probably regressed, but he's also added things to his game. Mm-hmm. We've seen him become better, a better passer this year. Harrison Barnes had the best year of his career. You know, even Tyrese Halliburton, a rookie, can come into a system and feel ha- and right. feel adjusted. Terrence Davis has talked uh, multiple times this year about how he came in and he's felt really comfortable with this situation. It could be just the fact that the Kings are giving him opportunity. But can either of you guys name a guy on the roster? I mean, Buddy Hill might be the only one yeah. that you can honestly say has regressed in two years under Luke Walton. Who's regressed? No, I mean the only one that comes to mind, and I don't think it's really. Uh, Walton's fault is, is Nemanja Bielitsa, but he just he just that's again that, that could be aging. I mean, yeah. That could be falling well, out. Yeah, that's, and, that's, but that's but no. But to, to, your, to your point, no. I mean, I I can't think of anyone as a core piece of this roster today that has played worse. I mean, Buddy Heald had a worse season from the field. Like he still shot thirty nine percent from three point range. He became a better distributor. Yeah. He had a career high in assists per game, and he's put up what seven rebounds and like six assists over the last four or five games of the season. Yeah. Like he, he's been more of a team player, but. To answer your question, no, I don't think so. And going back to Bielitsa, go look at his uh, game log in Miami right now. Mm-hmm. And let me know if that's a Sacramento Almost non-existent. Issue. It's yeah. non-existent, period. Like, yeah. there's nothing there to support that. And so, and everyone points out, well, the team hasn't developed. And again, if you have this coaching staff developing guys individually, and you can see individual growth from all of them, it goes to show that you have good parts. They just don't yeah. fit. Well, and also, I mean, I can hear people yelling at us through their radios like offense isn't really the issue. Obviously, all our offense is amazing. I, don't, I wouldn't say our offensive development is an issue. It's the defensive end of the uh, end of the court. But to the point you just made, fill in the rest of the roster with those pieces. I remember me and Frankie talking earlier in the season. I can't remember if it was on or off air, but this team... And I think it's probably a huge overcorrection for the DeMarcus Cousins era, but this team is way, way too nice. Way too many nice guys. Is that a bad thing yes. as an organization? Yes. It's a bad thing. <laughs> it's not a bad thing to have nice people to work with. That's I would I love it. Jay, you're a great yeah, person. Yeah, we're to talking work about with, yeah, but... in the organization, sure. I want the ushers. I, yeah, yeah. I, I want my like in-game play, hospitality yeah. I like players stuff. Yes. to not get Sales in trouble. Rep, yeah. I like to I know, you know, Harrison Barnes is pretty much a senator at this point. Uh Deer and Fox it seems like an angel, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, you know, I think this. this Tyrese team... Halliburton's the nicest kid alive. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I, I just, just want to hug him every time even, I see even, him. Even Rashawn, who like, yeah. he seems yeah. he can be intense and Sense scary that, in but certain just moments. Super humble. But he, but <laughs> being level headed is not a bad thing. Let me make yeah. that clear. Like being level headed is not a bad thing. But just having those guys like the Pat Beverleys yeah. and the guys that are going to stir things up. Yeah. The kid, an exactly. enforcer, a Morris twin, an enforcer. <laughs> you know, a, a goon yes. maybe for him to go into hockey. A Papa Giannis, if you will. A Papa Giannis. But you say that and we laugh about it, but let's go back to last season when Alex Lynn came aboard. Alex Lynn is a journeyman center. Gave him some dog. But he gave them some dog, and that's how much dog this team mm-hmm. lacked was when a journeyman center yeah. who has really never— people, It shined. It he's was, never it was found glaring. his footing in the NBA, but he comes into Sacramento, and because this team is so soft, in 10 to 15 minutes of the game, he's a difference maker simply because he'll body up somebody. Yep. He'll get in somebody's face. What happened to Chemezi Metsu with Jonas Valanciunas and nobody getting in yeah. Valanciunas's face this year? That wouldn't have happened if Alex Lim was on the court. No, no. That's oh, no. really sad that we have to point to yeah. a guy who I think played for three teams this season yep. and say he was a difference maker last year. Yeah. Again, yeah. it just shows you the roster is flawed. 
Yeah, I mean, even coming in from day one, I think I think the issue, and you know, we'll, we'll I will at least address it later. But I think they came into the season kind of just dipping their toe in the water. Yeah. They didn't. I don't, I wouldn't say. I think Sam Amick said on your guys' show in the beginning of the season, like this was kind of a gap year, if you will. That's definitely a term that the front office is trying to get away from, but anybody that watched this team this year, it was a gap year. It they, feels, I mean, especially when def- you look back at it, I mean, like they, they enter the season kind of with a bench that you have to know is not no going bench. anywhere. There was it's, no bench. It's not getting it was a you very, anywhere. Very bad bench. Coming then, from last season when they had, you know, uh, Kent Bazemore, yeah. Alex Len leading that, that second yeah. group. It just it yeah. was legit. Bo- and, uh, and Buddy Heald, like that was a great yep. second group. And mm-hmm. then for and this is my biggest criticism of Monty McNair, is he took as long as you possibly could to inevitably make a decision on improving the team. And when he did, he kind of, again, dipped his toe into the trade market and was like, I don't really want to leverage everything, but I also still kind of want to try. But if it doesn't work out, at least we didn't well, leverage anything. And, the moves- and even that's just like... Okay, like it's I mean, incremental it's, again, it just feels like a gap year. Yeah, and the moves he made before the season, like out of the gates, De'Aaron got the extension out of the way, which was great. Yeah. That was the first. That was like a midnight on yep. the on the beginning of love the that. deadline. Or Still love that. And then I think it was Hassan Whiteside and Glenn Robinson. I think that's pretty much that was it. That's pretty much it. He didn't even use the mid level exception, which they mm-hmm. have this off season, which will be kind of fun to see what they do with that because you can get a, a pretty mm-hmm. impactful player with that, and then even use it last last season. Yeah. So. Yeah, we don't really know what to expect from Monty McNair as far as building this roster because he did make. I mean, he did make some good moves. Deadline, granted, uh, Mo Harkless was nice. He yep. maybe saved his career. I mean, he he might have been a for guy sure. that was. He, know, he, he was going to get a minimum not, contract. Yeah, uh, he was not sure. going to get off the he bench a, in Miami yeah, this no. year. <laughs> and he he yeah. played like in three games, I think. And Terrence Davis is an intriguing option this, this offseason. because Terrence he, Davis for a second yeah. round pick in the forties, I think, has been a great move. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. And, and the off the court stuff is an issue, and and obviously people they like to you know use that as as the reason why the Kings got him, and that's probably a good reason why Toronto wanted yeah. to cut ties with them. And uh, that's something the Kings have to look into this offseason too, if they want to give him a long contract. But uh, on the floor. We were talking about it last week, I think, Chris, how he could be the replacement for Buddy Heal. Like, yep. he is a yeah. total replacement, yep. a streaky shooter off the bench who has a crazy motor. For 90% speed. less money. Yep. For and a that's lot the less key. money. I mean, that's. The most the Kings can offer him, I believe, is $11 million over he two or three seasons. That. No, he's not. No, it'd be like no. probably a two year for two year. Six million, Maybe, seven yeah. million dollar deal, yep. yeah, which is a bargain. Oh yeah, and I thought Delon Wright really showed at the end of the season. He really Man. stepped up and showed that he can stuff a stash sheet. And I think having him off the bench for a full season next year. Mm-hmm. And let's just be honest, like if those moves got made at the beginning of the season, and you have those guys on the bench all year yeah. long, we're talking about a team that probably is in the play-in. Yeah. But I also want to point out the play-in is not a victory. Like being the tenth best team no. out of fifteen in a conference isn't good. Yep. Like and I think I people got agree. lost in that. The whole idea is we could be in the play in tournament, and I get it. Like the team hasn't done squat in fifteen years. I understand, but we cannot treat being a a ten seed in a play in tournament with either a five hundred or a little below five hundred record. It's not an accomplishment. No, not no, to no. be a sacrificial lamb for whoever's the one seed. You're not <laughs> going to grow anybody with one play in tournament. I'm no. sorry, that's not no. the no. equivalent to a seven game playoff series for a young team. It's just not. No, of course, and a lot of people. I mean, myself, even guilty. I got a little excited about the possibility, sure. but the, just because you you want your team to make it further than other teams, right? But that doesn't mean that I think, oh wow. They made the 10 spot, and they lost, and now they're out of the playoffs. At least they made the play-in, right? It's like, no, I mean, congratulations. You you got to yeah. make it one more game, and right. you got ousted. So uh, 
it's a lot deeper than that. And obviously Luke Walton coming back, does it have a huge play in that in the long term? Maybe, maybe not. I think what's more more important is what they do with the roster going forward because a lot of question marks are coming up. Uh, Rashawn Holmes is a free agent, yep. and we were talking about just before we started recording about how the Kings might not be able to afford him. So I'm just wondering, where are you guys on that right now as of today? I mean, his press conference yesterday, he did say he's very excited to be a free agent. He's never had the opportunity before after having two it's never career, what you want to hear two when he's on your yeah. team. <laughs> very he, excited. He did say he loves Sacramento and he, sure, he yeah. wants to come back, but he, you know that being said, he's like, I'm, I'm going to see what's out there. I mean, so, if you're excited to be a free agent, that – also means you're excited to see how much but money you can make. I do want to point out, if there's a good player that says, I want to be back in Sacramento, that shouldn't get lost on anybody because there's been a lot of good players who never wanted to come back to Sacramento basketball hell ever again. Yep. Good point. Someone's wondering, where do you guys stand on that right now? Do you think he returns? How much? Like, what are your kind of, what's your gut right now? I really, I honestly don't have a gut feeling. I, I think it's going to be completely... I mean, not random, but it's all going to be dictated on the market, which is something we really can't predict until it happens because, you know, it just takes one team to throw out a crazy contract and the whole market gets yeah. thrown out of flux. You just need you know? one Charlotte out there to exactly. throw out four years and $80 million. And that's, yeah. that's the name that's, that was mentioned the most, right? Exactly. Charlotte, Charlotte, Toronto. They, have, they need a center. Mentioned. They have Bismuck Biombo and, and yeah. Cody Zeller as their yes. centers right now. I mean, you yeah. imagine Rashawn tonight playing in that plan for the Hornets. That's a, That just changes yeah. the whole dynamic. Of course. And, and they wanted him bad. And um, I think, was it James was on with us this morning, by the way, on our show and mentioned, I think maybe Charlotte had floated around like Malik Monk and maybe a pick and mm. that wasn't going to. De'Aaron Fox's best friend, Malik yeah. Monk. Yeah. I just don't think that was going to really move no. the needle for a guy that in his second year with the team is putting up career highs in points, rebounds, assists in the second Lock in the league and field, field goal, goal percentage. percentage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's interesting. I think, yeah, I think he'll probably end up getting somewhere in that. I think we said before we started recording like 60 million over, uh, over 60 four. to 70 60 over, over four, four years. Yeah. yeah. I, I think. So the I just think the Kings are going to get outbid. I mean, I th- what the best they can offer is yeah, something Jay, near four fifty. I think it's four and fifty, starting at eleven and a half in year one. And I'm sorry, I think there's going to be better offers for him on the market. Mm-hmm. This team is going to have to find a way to get under the salary cap, in my opinion, if they want to retain Rashad. I don't think he's going to give you a hometown discount. This is a a kid that is super tight knit with his family and is looking mm-hmm. to set up his family long term. He's going to get his money. He is going yeah. to get paid, and he is going to take the highest offer. I do not believe Sacramento will get that hometown discount. So I don't think four years and 50 gets it done for Rashawn. This team's going to have to find a way to get under the cap, which means you're going to have to trade one or both of Harrison Barnes and Buddy Hill to do that. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of mm-hmm. I share the same sentiment. I, th- I think Rashawn, my gut is, I mean, if, if I need to be blunt, I think he probably leaves just because of that fact, exactly. He has a family. We know how tight he's with his family. Uh this is probably his one shot to, you know, it he's, he's, 20, he's, he's 27. He'll be 28, I believe, uh, in the next couple of months. And, and this is his one shot to really cash in. And um, he'll probably play for a good team, too. I mean, the Kings are kind of a question mark right now. And while it is nice that he's been loyal and he's been a pro's pro while he's been here, uh, I, I wouldn't blame him for looking somewhere else because I, I mean, he's played his way into it. He's earned it. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you this. If Charlotte can find a way to get him his money, I look at that team as, you know, they're a playing team this year. Had Gordon Hayward and LaMelo Ball been healthy all year, I think they're a playoff team. You throw Rashawn Holmes into that mix with a guy like Miles Bridges, who's mm-hmm. still developing nicely. I like Devontae Graham as a backup. DJ Washington, Washington gave us man. But buckets this year. Oh, my goodness. That in the Eastern Conference yeah. is, oh, again, everyone's healthy. That's yeah. a. 
There's no reason they couldn't be Atlanta this year. Yeah, you know, or the Knicks. They could be a four seed with that type of team. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely agree with you. And I, I'm pretty (laughs) sure the uh, that Michael Jordan and the the Charlotte Hornets are thinking the same thing. Almost calling them Bobcats. Listen, we know Mitch Kupchak. Is That's not right. exactly is a guy who is adverse God, to overpaying for centers. Yeah. Yes. Hello, yeah. Timothy Mozgov. Or 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 like you know role players in, in general. Luol Dang. Hello. Yeah. Uh, online too. So, uh, Rashawn, if that was his last week, last press conference as a king, he'll be missed. Uh, love yeah, Rashawn, man. Tough, I, yeah. Love Rashawn. Tough to see the Kings uh, being able to, to to fork up enough cash, but also. Maybe there's a possibility they make a move. Maybe there's a possibility that Marvin or Buddy is moved. Maybe Harrison. I don't think Harrison will be the guy. Yeah. What do you guys think about that? What do you, do you think out of those three, Harrison seems like the most likely to stay, right? I mean, Harrison seems the most likely to yeah. stay for several reasons. You still have him two years on a really good declining. contract on a declining deal. It, it's so hard in the NBA to find guys that can play both the three and four equally as good, and Harrison does that. He's an he's a he's a decent defender. And he's 28. He's coming into the prime of his career. And if you're looking to make a real push next year to be yeah. a good team, he's a key guy. He, he's so important in so many different facets of the game. It's just, I think if you're going to trade Harrison, it's because you're getting something in return that is going to push you even yeah. further than you were expecting. Yeah, I think that's a great way of putting it. I mean, you look at... Uh... The team Harrison almost went to Boston mm-hmm. uh, at the trade deadline. Boyd, could they use they, him? Oh my goodness! Yeah, I mean, yeah. but also you can never have. They show and they they feel that you can never have enough long, versatile wings. And it's I, a wings game right now. And honestly, Harrison Barnes and until they got Mo Harkless are really the only two players on the Kings yeah. that really fit that mold. And I feel like. <laughs> It, in today's NBA, I mean, our, not our biggest problem, but uh, if you're going to be a legitimate team, a real issue that you have to deal with, and we'll see how the Utah Jazz deal with this because they're it's they're a perfect example of this. Mm-hmm. If you don't have anyone to guard the LeBron Jameses, the Kevin Durants, the Kawhi Leonard's, Paul George's, insert player, insert that dominant Tatum. wing, yeah. Tatum's the next one up. If you don't have anyone to guard them, you, you're screwed. You're screwed. Like you, the, just because they have the height and they have the ability of guards to, you know, especially now, you know, guys like Luca are dishing mm-hmm. ten assists a game. If you don't have anyone who's big and can stay with those guys, and that's you just can't stay do with anything. those guys, yeah. not shut them down. No, you just no. need guys that can body up exactly. with them. Exactly. At yeah. least turn a realistic turn a hand in their face. Turn a thirty-eight point game into a twenty-six point game. Yep. You know, just make them average what they average. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I, I I totally agree. I just think Harrison's for that reason yeah. needs to stay. I think the the narrative of like uh, the Kings need to move Harrison Barnes has really quieted down in recent weeks, yeah. months since the deadline because of how important he has been to this team. And if the it, Kings were to yeah. trade him on the day you know, when trades are you know you can make them. Uh, whatever, whatever that was called. Whatever that day is. I don't know. Trade awakening day. Well, I mean, you can trade players from now on. It's just, I, believe I know. So, yeah. Free well, agency starts over. first week of August yeah. this year. Which when is, you can officially make moves or, or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Uh, when the free, let's just say when free agency opens up. When free agency up opens and, up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, someone someone correct me. Uh, who Who's going to replace him on the roster? Or who can we bring? I just don't think it's going to level out. And, and that would be my thing. You're only yeah. trading him because you're finding a guy that's not just replacing him on the roster, but is part of a big package that's upgrading that position. Yep. Yeah. And to that point, it's more important. It's got to be Buddy Heal that's going to be moved if you're trying to free up that space because he's making over $20 million next year. It's got to be him, right? Because yeah. Tyrese Halliburton 
is the future at at the guard spot. I think mm-hmm. Darren even said today he was talking about it in future in future tense how mm-hmm. him and him and uh, Tyrese are gonna be man in the backcourt next season. Mm-hmm. So and Buddy knows yeah. that by the yeah. way. Yeah. Buddy is well aware yeah. that he is uh, holding. He, is he was holding here. Tyrese yeah. Halliburton's place warm. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So I mean, it just that has to be the move. If, if you have to free up space, there's three players you're looking at because. Marvin Bagley is due for an extension. I don't think he He's gets it this offseason. It. He's not getting an extension. No. <laughs> HB and then Buddy. So yep. Buddy has to be the odd man out. Yeah, and I think the uh, the tough thing, I mean, it sounds easy. Just trade Marvin Bagley. He's still on a rookie deal. Unfortunately, if I'm not mistaken, Marvin Bagley next season is going to be making $11.5 million because he was the number contract. two pick. So, yeah, I mean, that's not really your typical, you know, $7 million a year contract for, for a rookie deal. Um so, yeah, I think saying that, I think Buddy's kind of the odd man out and the obvious choice. And what you can get for Buddy, I think, is kind of like I said with Rashawn, it's up to the market. I don't really know yeah. if if you can really determine what his value is because, again, I think it just takes one, you know, if, if Philadelphia in this offseason or in this postseason just cannot hit a three to save their life and they realize we need shooting – we're willing to spend whatever the hell it takes because we feel like we can maybe suffer, you know, we can sacrifice Matisse Thibel because Ben Simmons is so great defensively. Right. So then that deal kind of, you know, something like that. Are you saying maybe. we should do a salary dump to Philadelphia? <laughs> no, that's not what I'm saying 2015? No, that's not what I'm saying at all because we don't need to do <laughs> those things well. anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, but it's interesting you say that because right now we're, we're canvassing the market for Buddy. We don't know what teams are going to be looking for in the exactly. offseason. Everybody is going into the playoffs this year. To me, there's you know five or six teams that legit probably think they can win it all. Yep. Only one of them is. So those other teams are going to be looking for ways. That, works? that is how that works. Gosh. Only one wins. No wow. participation trophies Breaking. in the playoffs. Breaking, yeah. Someone, jeez. And there might be a team, to your point, that was like, man, what killed us was our three-point shooting. Yep. We just don't have that guy that can stretch that floor. Can I interest you in the second-best shooter in Sacramento Kings history? The second-best? Well, I mean, he's, statistically, by I think four he's threes. Four or five threes short, I right, think. Yeah, that, that's yeah. going to bug the hell out of Buddy <laughs> yeah. if he gets traded and he's going to be that close. Yep. Just going to shade Jimmer, but okay. And, uh, yeah. Sorry. Jeez. Well, Quincy Doobie would like a word. He scored like 70 in a, in a game overseas, I think, yeah. didn't Quincy Doobie? So did Jimmer like 10 times, I think. Jimmer Dante Green dropped 50 in a Jimmer's summer Jimmer's a god over there. there. Jimmer's Dude, a god. Yes. Oh, we, yeah. One day we can sit there if we're doing this during if there's summer league this year. We should put together our all time summer league team. Oof. I think that would be Oof. fun. That'd be <laughs> nice. That'd be fun. The year they went to the uh, they won yeah. the championship. Who was that was going off? That, Ray, McCallum. Uh, Ray McCallum. Ray McCallum. Went Ray McCallum was going crazy. Uh, Marshawn Brooks on that team. He was having a really good summer Oof. league too. Yeah. I I, I I was I thought Marshawn Brooks was going to be something. Oh, oh, me, oh me too. He oh, played yeah. for the Lakers and the mm-hmm. and the Nets. I think and I'm, I was like okay. He's I was good wrong. Yeah, you were. Yes, yeah. definitely. Yeah, you know see, summer league Orlando the worst. Johnson I thought, too. I thought oh, Orlando, Orlando Johnson. Was I thought Anthony real. Randolph in summer league with the Warriors oh, yeah. like 15 years yeah, ago. Yeah. I'm like, oh, dude, it's gonna be a nuts. problem. Big time. Big he time. went nuts. Yeah. How about when the Maloofs randomly let To play uh, on the Kings summer league team? I don't remember. That, that. was uh, well before Vegas summer league. Was that back when it was the Rocky what? Mountain Review? Still? I think it was. Yeah, it was like in 2003 or 2002 or something like that. Yeah, To was playing in the Kings summer league against LeBron in the summer league. Well, you had To playing one year and then. And I want to say in Charlotte, you had Master P playing in the summer league. He may have even got a training yeah. camp deal, actually. He, 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 yeah, he, he did. Played he, the Raptors, he played for the Hornets, I think, in a couple preseason mm-hmm. games. Yeah. So, um, 
But uh, anyways, going back to Buddy, <laughs> though, I, I go anyways, leave yeah. it on that wall all day. As we digress. <laughs> I, I think Buddy is gone. And if you I asked the question this morning, Rashawn, Buddy or Harrison, is there any chance all three of them are back next year? I say there's a zero percent chance. There has to be. I mean, there has to be what, the same team's going to mm-hmm. come back completely. Minus Rashawn, maybe if there's not a move made, there's no other. The, the mid-level exception is the only move they can make if they do not uh, trade anybody. That's so, it. To me, the biggest question mark, sorry to cut no, you off. No, go ahead. The biggest question mark when it comes to an asset is going to be the draft pick. I think yep. this could be, regardless of where it falls, unless it falls at number one and you're drafting Cade Cunningham, even if it's in the two through four, even if they jump up two through four, I'm not entirely certain that pick is going to be used this year, and that's just something we haven't really seen Mm-mm. in the Sacramento era. Is trading a draft pick before Especially making a high the one pick? Like that, yeah, a lot of have. That must be what it's going to take, though, because I think Dave uh, was saying. I don't know if he said it this morning. I didn't get a chance to listen yet, but he was putting it on Twitter that the way that Dave is taking or seeing this is they're keeping Walton. That means they're going to make it. They're making a, a big swing for the fences type of move this offseason. And I feel the same way. I, 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 I cannot stress it enough. When they said they're bringing back Walton, there's no way you can bring this roster back next year the same way it is. You just can't do it. Does a lot of that fall? Chris, does a lot of that fall into the lot? Does a lottery pick need to be? Do they need to jump up? Otherwise, is that that swing for the fences move not possible? Or can they do it even with the nine, ten, eight pick? So let's talk about this lottery pick first off, because yeah. thank you Chicago Bulls for randomly winning the last game of the well, season and putting that, a three way tie, which we'll find out today. We're recording this Tuesday oh, really? at eleven thirty. Okay. You know I thought that too, Jay, but it's actually next week. Really? It's the twenty fifth. What? Hold on, I read. I read it wrong too. I, I if really. They're, they're going to determine the tiebreakers next. next what the week. hell does it take a week for to flip a freaking coin? Exactly. Guys, All they right. are legitimately flipping <laughs> Just coins do it to decide go these on, positions. Go on Instagram Live, Adam yeah. Silver. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, that would uh, be crazy. Chris, that, the Bulls said, yes. you know, we don't give a damn we about give, yeah. because no. it's Orlando's pick. It's not even their pick. They own it to Orlando. Interesting. In the Vucevic for the Vucevic deal, unless. It goes top four. Then Unless Chicago goes, keeps the pick. That's Could you right. imagine wow. that fleece? Wow. You get Voose and wow. you jump into and the top the four. four. It's top four protected? It's top four protected. Wow. Y'all messed up. But I was going to say, <laughs> is so... Pa- is Paxson their GM over there? Is that Paxson still? No, no. no? Paxson's been out. It's um, Arturvis. Oh, that's can, right. Oh, that's right. That's right. I can never pronounce his last name. Um, no, Paxson wouldn't have made that deal. The Kings like, can be say. anywhere from 10 to 8. And I think if they get as high as 8... It's like twenty four percent or twenty five percent. It's a of significant the, difference. Yeah, it's, it's like anywhere from ten if you're at ten up to twenty five if you're at eight to move into the top four. So that's definitely something interesting. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I think it's again, like you said, it's not really a position we've been in before. Do you think it'd be? Do you think that's when we could potentially see Buddy moved? I don't think you can make a big splash without moving the pick. I, I feel that strongly. I don't think you can make a big splash without moving that pick and the 23 pick. So plus or minus. Mm, three and a half new Kings next year. Oh, plus. plus. I'll take that over significantly. I'd say plus as well. Yeah, I think okay. there could be some big changes. I mean, you never I, know. Maybe, maybe maybe the Kings do swing for the fences and it could take including someone like which would which would kind of suck but including someone like delon Wright or, or mm-hmm. another role player who teams might mm-hmm. like a lot for a bigger 
like a sure gotcha. maybe a, a big power forward name. I don't know. I can't think of one off the top of my head. So, but maybe someone out there that the Kings could trade for. I'm glad you said power forward. I'm gonna look. I'm gonna go a little bigger. And only reason I'm doing literally that, bigger, literally like center. bigger center. <laughs> and I'm gonna throw something out there that won't happen. But just I just want to kind of canvas an idea here. I'm all so for it. we saw Vucevic. Vucevic was a back to back All Star. He went for a guy in Wendell Carter who a lot of talent but just could not find his footing in Chicago, mm-hmm. injury-prone, remind you of somebody in Sacramento that he Former went to teammate. college with. Yep. <laughs> just saying, it took Wendell Carter and two first to bring over an all-star center. So you have to start looking at teams and be like, all right, so we know now for that level of player, two first and a guy like Marvin Bagley could potentially bring you that over, which to me would be a significant upgrade on the roster. I don't see this happening, but let me just throw this one out there because I think this is fun. Let's say the Pacers just decide to blow it up. I know you're going with this. Okay. Right? I mean, they have been a disaster this year. The Bajorkin, it's just, it's been bad. What if DeMontis Sabonis becomes available? Oh, you went that one. I'm going I that one. No, no, I thought you were going Turner, too. Oh, Miles okay. Turner don't, like, oh, yeah, no, Miles sure Turner don't take I two first-round picks. I was like, yeah, I was like, I, yeah, yeah, sure, I'm pretty sure that'll get there. <laughs> I mean, a Turner, um, yeah. Listen, I mean, if you can yeah, get yeah, Turner for Buddy Heald, well, you do that in a heartbeat. Well, I mean, there's honestly something. Maybe the Kings get a whole new front, just trade for the front court. I like that. That's a very intriguing. I mean, hey, why not? I mean, Sabonis, the Pacers are getting to a point now where it's kind of like, we're not going to be so, winning for a little bit. I mean, here. yeah, they're in the so play let me, in here let today. Me, let's let's just have some fun with this again. I, I'm not advocating for the trade. I'm just throwing this out there. Mm-hmm. Is it out of the realm of possibility if the Pacers said, "Hey, we want to go in a different direction"? This year's first. Let's say it falls back to nine. Let's say they pick nine. Marvin Bagley, and I'll throw an unpopular name out there to piss people off, just because I like to. And Tyrese Halliburton for Demontis Sabonis. What are you? Whoa, okay. Just, I guess I just want to anger people real quick. I would say that's too much. Okay. I Marvin yeah. Bagley, this year's first is number four. Mm-hmm. Marvin Bagley, the number four, and a lottery-protected 23 for Sabonis. I would do that. I mean, I would do it. I, I, yeah, I would do it. <laughs> I would do it. Uh, the problem is— Do you think the Pacers would do it if you, I, had, a, if you I, had the number four pick? I think I, if you have the number four pick— I think they do if you're at four. Anything else, In the intrigue no. of Bagley— not a top five pick. They probably don't do it. But for four and Bagley, I think, yeah, why not? Now I'm trying to think who's going to be there. So I can pull it if, up because the Pacers would have to convince themselves that that number four pick could be somebody who. Do you think Suggs is there? Four. I mean, that'd be something so, interesting, but they have Karis LeVert. According to Tankathon. I mean, I don't know how they view him as a two or a three. Top but. five is going to be Cade Cunningham, Evan Mobley, Jalen Suggs, Jalen Green, and Kaminga. I really like Green. So, yeah, I like <laughs> I like, I like, I like that he played for the G League Ignite. Um, I like that whole... He filled it up I, yeah, I think, in the G League. Yeah, I think the Pacers would do it if they could, you know, obviously if they could secure... I mean, I guess because yeah, either Mobley, Green. I think Suggs, Mobley. I think Mobley is so intriguing. One of those three of Suggs, Mobley, or Green will be there. See, I think the top three is going to end up being Cunningham, be Cade, Mobley, Mobley, and um, and uh, um, Suggs. Suggs. Yeah, I think Green and Kaminga are there though. Why is Corey Kispert the projected Kings pick at nine? He's a wing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's not. He's a there's wing, and they need wing depth. That's yeah. why there's really no forwards. For, he had a clue, and that's the thing too. Is I mean, there's not really many players for the Kings outside of 
you know, the top players for the Kings to get, not just because there's only five good players, but because there's not depth really at the positions they need. And to be fair, it's not like if they stay and pick at eight, nine or 10, like they could very much land a very good player, Mm -hmm. which is all you want to do at that point. But again, I think they want to speed this timeline up. I really do. They have to. So bonus is 25. I want to point that out. He's a young man. Fox's hands though. A little bit. Isn't that an issue? Isn't that why we didn't do things in the past? I think De'Aaron at times has pressed no, this yeah. year. I thought that was very I'm obvious. Trolling. I know you are. <laughs> but I, I think but I think it's a fair question yeah. people are going to ask themselves. Yeah, I do want to take the ball to yes, De'Aaron yeah. sometimes. You know, what's, you know what's better than having one good player, great player? Two, Two great players. <laughs> Why not three? Brooklyn. Whoa, okay, easy whoa, there. Relax, relax. Relax. Kidding, we kidding, want people baby to like four, four Blake Griffin. <laughs> Once you, if you have two good players, then you're adorable and likable and the nation likes you. Once mm-hmm. you get that third... Everyone no, hates you. It's it's a wrap. Yeah. You, like much. you notice how the Laker hate has really gone down because they only have two great players. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> yep. Exactly. See, paying attention. It'll be inter- the lottery will be the should be telling though. If they jump, we could see them swing big. If mm-hmm. they if they stay eight, nine, or ten, we could see them look for maybe a smaller. I don't know. Or but I don't know. Don't but. you think the the and this is why is another reason why I think they're going to end up trading the pick. Like if you had to if you put a gun to my head today and told me that pick will be traded or not traded, I would say traded. Yeah. If they were really focused and they saw something in that top five of the lottery that was going to be a big game changer that was going to speed things up, I think you would have seen Harrison Barnes go at the deadline for the Boston, um, whatever they were willing to offer, a young guy and a couple picks. I think they would have already started dismantling this current team. That's what makes me think they're like, nah, we like some of these pieces. We know we can get there. But we, we need we need to go big game hunting. And you can only do that if you're keeping your draft picks and planning to trade them. Like, there's not enough talent on this roster that's going to bring back that huge name that you're looking for without attaching draft picks. Yeah, and I've kind of gotten to the point recently where I've been like, I don't know if this organization can sell. I mean, not that you need to sell a fan base, but can you sell a fan base on hey, maybe in five years we're banking on (laughs) this core to hopefully be good. Like, I mean, at this point, there's no reason to expect anything better. Like, you can't expect this team to be a future 1-2 seed, but maybe this team can get at least to the playoffs consistently. And, like, I mean, if that's what you're banking on right now, like, to your point, you need to – I think at some point they're going to speed up the timeline and mm -hmm. be like, you know, it's great that Tyrese Halliburton – is you know whatever is young and developed but we need to win now. truthfully i think that that timeline is going to be sped up now yeah, yeah be- definitely. because i think I, the yeah. fact that De'Aaron's clock officially starts when this offseason yeah. begins he's not on the rookie scale contract anymore no. in five years no matter what he's he's gonna be gone if the kings yeah. aren't a good team and, yeah. and everyone points out well we got five years of him under contract that doesn't mean two seasons from now this team is still just cannot find yeah. itself that he won't be demanding a trade exactly. I wanna, yeah. let me point that out if you have De'Aaron fox six seasons in Sacramento with no playoffs, he's yeah. going to be talking yeah. and he's going to be chirping and it's going to center around like, yo, you better figure this out quick, fast, in a hurry or I'm, I'm done. Even mm-hmm. if he's under contract, we, we yeah. see this yeah. happen all the time. He's going to be you the guy it? that we're talking about trading for. You know, we're yeah. talking about, yeah, we can get a Brad Beal yes. if we trade blah, blah, blah. <laughs> People saw- are going to be like, we can get a De'Aaron Fox if mm-hmm. we trade blah, blah, blah. You saw it in a Bogeyhan interview. I can't me- remember where it was, but he said that how much the losing wore him down in Sacramento yeah. as he's yeah. removed from, from winning the European championship and, uh, Tyrese Halliburton said a similar thing just last week about how coming here and, and the losing, it's tough to, it's not easy to get used to. 
that's going to wear down on new players that come in, whether it's a trade or, or a draft. It's going to be a never-ending cycle, so they need to break out of it. And mm-hmm. Monty McNair comes from a winning organization in Houston. Uh, I think this last offseason, I'm hoping at least, he was kind of just letting things kind of play out a little bit, and check the roster out. I think he was out. doing that. I think he... Remember, he gets he comes in and he doesn't have much of an off season to really evaluate things. So, yeah. I don't think he necessarily made any bad ideas by committing any long term money in free agency. I don't think there was anybody out there that was like, "Yo, we need to grab that guy. He's going to speed up whatever it is we're trying to do." So, I just really have a feeling this off season we're going to see some major moves. Yeah, and uh, I mean, the only person who he really had to make a decision on like that was Bogey. And, you know, did he maybe make – I don't know. I mean, well, let's be clear, the of, first decision yeah. he made to bring in Dante DiVincenzo would have been amazing. Yeah. Also that. Been, I mean, oh that's that's, gonna, that's definitely going forgot, to get lost in time that. for sure. Like, if we would yeah. have had Dante DiVincenzo on yeah. this roster all year, yeah. like, I'm not – I don't – they would have probably been playing in the playing game. They might have had that number yeah. 10 spot. Yeah, imagine that lineup of – starting lineup of Fox, yeah. Tyrese – DiVincenzo, Barnes, and, and Holmes. That's yeah. a good start. That's a really good starting five. Uh, yeah. That's really, five, yeah. That's really a bummer, mm-hmm. man. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, again, his track record, people, you can't really form an opinion on it yet. I mean, he, he hasn't some, been here a year. No. no. <laughs> this is this is the time, well, though. Yeah, exactly. This, his the, clock also starts the now time with this Luke yeah. Walton decision. I mean, I, you know, I, I don't think this necessarily means Luke Walton's going to be here even at this point next year. Um, no, but, if they it, listen, I'll tell you this right now. If they make obvious roster upgrades, yeah, and, and this team yeah. comes out of the gate, and they are seven and fourteen, seven and fourteen, eight and twelve, whatever it is, they're under five hundred after twenty games, right? A few games yeah. under five hundred, that leash will be clipped quick. Which yeah. that will be a demerit on Monty yeah. McNair for not doing it in the offseason. Yeah. I want to be very clear. That's on yeah. him. That's yeah. on him, and that will be a really bad look. No, definitely. I was going to say, is it playoff or bust next season? But to your point. Depends on the roster. Well, also, (laughs) I think it's going to, it's not even going to be play. Like he's, he's not going to have the opportunity to make it to the playoffs because like you're saying, if he starts off poorly, like you can't, you can't just ride that out again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Frank, we we uh, we had a nice little outline at the start. Oh of yeah, this. We've fellas, we'll for, we'll wrap this thing up. We, let's, uh, let's go through our high points, low points, and then we'll do our little uh, awards here. Yeah. So, uh, we'll start with the Jay. Okay. What is your high point of the season? Drafting Tyrese Halliburton with the number twelve overall pick. I, I was it's in, high of the season. That's the high of the season in the off season. The, yeah, gotcha. Just, just <laughs> does had that to count? Make, Can no, I use that totally one? Counts. Of course. I just of had course. to make. I just had to make that point. Him falling to 12, I remember I was in the studio with uh, Matt, Jason, and Doug because we were hopping on after them to do the um, draft recap show. And I think it was when the Knicks took Obi Toppin at 8, I was like, oh, that's interesting. I I did not see Halliburton falling out of the top 8. I'm like, oh, there's no way he gets past, uh, I think it was Phoenix Phoenix at 10. 10, I'm like, there's no way he gets past Phoenix, none whatsoever. Phoenix doesn't go that Imagine route. if Phoenix got him. Oh, my goodness. Oh, that's a wrap. I you, mean, you the season's a wrap, I think, at that point. Honestly. Listen, they're not talking about that right now in Phoenix because they have the number two seed, but could you imagine him coming off the bench? It, they would be the number one seed this year. Two years, three years from now, they might be talking about it. Oh, but, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, they might be talking mm-hmm. about the fact that they passed on Luka and, and like, great, Great on Phoenix, <laughs> but, I mean, Chris Paul is not going to be playing forever. No, exactly. And, in about two, three years, imagine Tyrese and Devin Booker running that backcourt. Yeah. So Phoenix passes on in 10. I'm like, 
Oh my God, Halliburton in the Spurs. Is there a, a better, better combination that could happen? Pop is the type of guy that's going to take this kid and turn him into the next yep. Kawhi in the sense of like, here's a guy they didn't take and a top 10 pick and yet is a multiple time all-star. They go Devin Vassell and I'm just like, God, the Kings aren't this stupid, are they? Like, this is not going to be uh, Marvin over not Luka anymore, all baby. Over again. Nope. And we saw it. You know, he falls to them at 12. You can say, well, yeah, anybody would have taken him. Well, 11 teams that passed on yeah. him. So Vladi might not have taken him. So let's, well, let's just not know. go there. Yeah, we don't need to Sorry, worry. Vladi. That's Vladi's the thing. Strays. <laughs> Sorry, Vladi. Yeah. Strays. How, so Howie yeah, is the, to worry about Howie's the high point for me. Yeah, um, Chris, it's a real good pick. It's making me reconsider my pick. Um, Mine is I, I don't even have a stat line, but De'Aaron's uh, De'Aaron's monster game against New Orleans when he just absolutely was it was in the middle of him just tearing mm-hmm. the league apart for in the middle of I think the the five game win streak. Uh, I think De'Aaron it was his career high. I think he had forty five points or something like that, twelve assists. Uh, he had that that turner. He like did a spin move and then just threw it down. Oh, it was when he uh, he like crossed up. Brandon Ingram did I a remember fake this play. Euro to Alonzo and then dunked on Zion or something. It, something he, he dunked on the order. entire state yeah. of Louisiana. Yeah, <laughs> it was amazing. I was at that game. There was that was when there was nobody in the in the stand still, and I was like, my cardboard this. cutout was there. Yeah, Jay's cardboard <laughs> cutout was there. He was the loudest one in the building. Thank you. Um, and I just remember at that point being like, this is ridiculous. And uh, at that point, I, my mind was going everywhere with, oh, my God, De'Aaron Fox might – we might not need anybody else. It could just be De'Aaron Fox and four scrubs out there, and we can look like the Golden State Warriors. Um, and, yeah, that's that's that to me was at, at the, the point in the season which I felt the the most hope and the happiest – yeah, and it was not crashing down. There was not many points in which I felt anything close to that. So that that specific moment in time definitely sticks out for me. My uh, my high point, sorry, my high point had to have been when they beat the Spurs back on March 29th, and they had won. I think that was uh four games in a row, five games in a row, and they were mm-hmm. they were just they had Delon Wright, and mm-hmm. they were the new guys were playing well. De'Aaron was averaging like thirty points per game. Yeah. Tyrese was healthy. Everyone was playing well, uh, and then that got. Followed up by a nine-game losing streak. Yep. Um, but just g- generally, like the high point for me, other than that that game, is watching De'Aaron and Tyrese play together because mm-hmm. it just looks like it's been ha- it's been a thing for years now. Yeah. It looks so right, and I'm as excited for those guys. So that's my high point. They fit like a glove next to each other. Mm-hmm. They do like a glove. Uh, low points, Jay. <sighs> Boy, was there a lot to go yeah. through for this <laughs> one? Um. So this is going to be more of a personal anecdote because if I'm like, just take all biased out, it's the second nine game losing streak. Like Mm -hmm. the first nine game losing streak, I'm like, all right, like, you know, stuff happens to do that twice in one season, Mm -hmm. though, is a special type of talent, you know? So that is, that's to me the unbiased answer. The the biased one for me, though, is the uh, 49 point home loss to Utah. Mm. Because I was there. Yeah. That's <laughs> and not it fair. was my first and only game this season. <laughs> and my son had been asking all year, right. Daddy, when are we going back to the Kings game? Daddy, I'm so bored watching them on TV. Daddy, I just want to go to the Kings game. This is going to make me cry. And a buddy of mine was <laughs> yeah. like, hey, man, I got a pair of tickets. I'm like, dude, I'm in. My son is there. He's so excited. And little does he know there's just a massacre happening in front of him. He's only five. So he couldn't Gosh. truly gauge what was happening. But I'm like watching this like, 
yo, this is real. Like, <laughs> th- this is a thing. You can't turn it off. And a little side note, well, hilarious about that, and I don't think he'll mind me sharing this, is um, third quarter I go and I hang out with Scott Fresh. That's my guy. And, and we're talking, and I'm like, dude, don't you have to do something? He goes, oh, no, they canceled all my in-between stuff to hype up the, the crowd yeah. for the rest it of the is. game. Yeah, dude, it was early in the third, yeah. and he was just like, yeah, I got the rest of the usually night he does that. Usually he does, it's the fourth it's quarter, baby. Quarter. Uh, no. no. Yeah, no, it's, no, not, it's, it's not our quarter. quarter. I, I think he did, like, one or two only because yeah. they were sponsored, but yeah. anything that was, like, unsponsored, they'd already told him, like, yeah, take the rest of the night off, pal. Yeah. Slamps and don't worry about skating down. Like, you're good. Yeah, I used to be a, a part breather. of the uh, the King Street team, the people mm-hmm. who like throw out the crispy pumping up, finger, whatever, pumping everybody up. Ball. Yeah, and uh, I can tell you that those schedules are very flexible, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm pretty sure have become that way because of the play. You were yeah, uh, that uh, was my first season with the team too. So you, that was when they lost like 56. That was, that was, that was, was like yeah, 27, yeah. 55. That was a pain. Yeah. For was that for Randolph's uh, final yeah. stand? It was not fun. <laughs> it, was it was not, not fun. fun. A no. lot of Justin Jackson being started. A lot of JJ starting. I had to explain to a lot of people why that wasn't it. He's an NCAA champion, yeah, guys. He is. And last thing, the quick side Jersey's you... retired in yeah. North Carolina. Hey, is it really? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Wow, Number 44. This last side note, you saying that about your son and stuff, it reminds <laughs> me of when my mom got me uh, and my ex girlfriend Valentine's Day tickets for the Kings Grizzlies game in like 2013. <laughs> and I was so excited. And I think they lost by 39. It's just like, it's That's the it? worst when you go to a yeah. game, though. Come on, man. It's just the worst thing when you go to a game and they just get. Just forty piece, fifty piece, like that. Yeah. It's just you, it saves me forever. I'll never forget right. it. Your son, hopefully, he's young enough to not remember that game. No, like I said, he. But was, I know you will, dude. He was so entrenched. He got a new hat and he got the <laughs> the king's tin of popcorn. Yeah. So he was good. Oh, he was like popcorn in the league. No idea. He was witnessing a massacre. What's the score? It doesn't matter. No, no he don't know. Matter, and he was like, "Daddy, Darren Fox isn't playing." And once De'Aaron Fox wasn't playing, it was like, all right, popcorn yeah, cool. it is, bro. Cool. Perfect. Well, as long as he was, was entertained, yeah. I'm good. Good thing he didn't know that Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley weren't playing either. Yeah, one day he'll, have, I'll have really to, hurt him. I'll have to revisit that with you him. Know, do you know what you witnessed, son? The worst loss <laughs> in the history of Golden One Center? The Sacramento yeah. Massacre. Golden One Center, the worst loss in Sacramento home history. Ever, yeah, since, since 85. Yeah. yeah. Also, one, two, and Golden One. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Worse. Chris, what is your low Let's point? into that. Um... I was I'm was going to agree with Jay and say uh the the second nine game losing streak mainly just because they never re- were able to recover from that. I mean it was they they went on it and ever since then they were it was an uphill battle trying trying to uh get those games back and get back into the playing spot. But after all this talk about individual games that suck so bad, it really really brought me back to that Charlotte Hornet game when uh again i don't think anybody else was in the building um but it was just impossible to watch in person to see the kings blow i think it was a so 10 point lead with i have it right two here minutes Chris, left. that's my that's my choice too yeah uh, wow. just, i'm gonna go ahead sharing and, a brain already. i'm gonna tack yeah. on you because it's, it's my choice too please do it was a 123 115 game with 52 seconds left yeah and that was to end the losing streak. That yep. was to snap it at eight, I believe, or seven or eight. I can't remember, but uh, you were there, Chris. I was uh, there. Just, I it, watched it in person, and I saw it happen in front of my face. And I remember very little about it because I think I blacked it out, honestly. I, I remember the feel. Like, I literally can still, like, instead of having memory, visual memories, I'm having emotional. Like, I can just feel what I felt 
but I'm just like I can't it's, get the pictures in my head. It's even worse when you look at it and you know that the Kings were up by eight with under a minute left, and De'Aaron Fox got he drew. I remember a, fla- a lot of Malik he, he, Monk. <laughs> he drew a flagrant foul from uh, Lamelo. Yep. So De'Aaron had two free throws, Party. and the Kings oh had the ball. Oh my gosh. See now this is like PTSD. You're like you're throws, the same baby. And it's Fox, yeah. Fox oh missed my God. two. Fox missed Badly them. missed two. Buddy missed two. <laughs> or he missed one of two. Uh, Buddy missed. They missed five Buddy, free throws. And Buddy like, missed one of two. Yes. Marvin missed two, and De'Aaron missed two. And they didn't score on a possession after a flagrant Unbelievable. foul. Unbelievable. All with 52 seconds left. And they lost by eight points because Rozier got fouled with the three. Did you uh, say they lost by eight? They lo- uh, The Kings were up by eight. The Kings oh, lost by one. Like, yeah. I was like, there is no way we lost But by I would have points. believed it. The, I, I would have. Because- the, way, the way it ended is to rip through it. Uh, Rozier out. three. Rozier three free throws on a foul. <laughs> P.J. Washington, three. Malik Monk, and one for the win. Oh, yeah. the and Malik and Monk one was is the one that sticks yeah. out. Yeah. That was Rashawn. He was, yeah, it came over the top. Going for the game-winning block. Yeah. It's funny. That's oh, just, my gosh. It's that back. was a... Uh, oh Vietnam flashback. <laughs> Chris is slumped. That, that was uh, Rashawn blocked that, and they called it a goaltend. Yeah. And it was a goaltend yeah. by, like... The f- small, like it barely hit the. Was that when board. Tyrese was like shaking? I remember yeah. waving off. Right no goal. Yeah. Yeah. What are you talking about? He said on. Yeah. He said on the old man of three. Like, oh, I was like, that's a goaltend. It's it's a it's not a goaltend. It's a goaltend. Yeah. Clean block. It's a clean block. And he like, said, oh, it's he's a like, oh, it's a goaltend. <laughs> yeah. He looked at the replay. It's a goaltend. It's yeah. interesting. It correct me if I'm wrong. That's two really bad home losses to Charlotte two years in a row because yes. I think oh the year gosh. before yes. ingrained in my was brain was that. Was that part of the opening 0 and 5 streak? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, it was. Yes. that was yep. so bad. And Charlotte was supposed to be terrible. That was the night I asked Matt George. Yep. He said, uh, oh my "How you feel about tonight?" And Matt George said, "If he said if the Kings like lose this game, like I think he said he would quit or something." Said, I was on air he that said, morning. I would quit my job. Quit job. Like I was on air that morning, actively making fun of Charlotte. Like I'm like, this is the boringest roster in the NBA. This is the most yeah. nobody cares oh. about you roster in the NBA. Devontae Graham is gonna kill us. Uh, Ooh, scary. When you guys Graham get a chance, ask Jason Ross about that night. There was a Malik Monk stand. In the in the oh stands, ask Jason about Malik yeah. Monk guy. It's pretty great. Oh <laughs> that Charlotte gosh. game, they lost by seven points. It, it's just like what a flat game. They got uh, PJ Washington. PJ Washington hates he Sacramento. He loves games. playing Sacramento. Yeah. That was rookie PJ too. So, anyways, uh, I agree, Chris. That game just I have my recap was finished. I, I, my post game <laughs> recap that I, I had written yeah. was done because they were up by eight points with yeah. fifty seconds left on a flagrant foul. Free throws and the ball, and they lose. They, they lose. So um, unreal. There's a lot of, of down, you know, a lot of downsides of the season, but that was the one that sticks out the most. Um, any other thoughts on your high points or low points? Nah, nah. No, I'm done thinking. Well, for the, for the last time this season, we are going to give out our king of the week. We're going to call our, our king of the year and our our coal machine of the year. We told Jay how the rules go. Uh, Jay. You're a guest. Who is your king of the year, your most valuable king of the season? Yes, man. It's, this is ridiculous, man. Ridiculous. I mean, I think the answer is De'Aaron Fox, and I don't think I need to provide too much context. No. Year four takes that next leap into what will hopefully be an all-star year next year on a team competing. You agree? Yeah, I 1,000% I think we're all agree. I think, yeah, yeah, that one's be the De'Aaron easiest Fox. one you're asking. I mean, yeah, for him to take that leap um, – for him to have another level to go to, I think we still all see, you know, if he can improve his shooting or something like that as his career goes free on. Free throws, please. Free throws, obviously, is a huge one. I mean, that puts him, 
I mean, if he improves his free throws, that that takes his game, his his per game totals. To be fair, they did really go up after level. the All Star break. I think yeah. by like ten percent. Yeah, and it's, yeah. Well, and his numbers went up accordingly. Mm-hmm. I think he was up at like twenty eight a game for the second half of the season. If he could ever shoot, that's what, if he eighty seven yeah, oh, yeah. from the line and between yeah. thirty six oh, and thirty eight from three. It's going to be a problem. Yeah, well, we, he's unstoppable. We've said it before. I think Chris and I have said it multiple times. If he can shoot yeah, 79, 80% from the free throw line, he's a 30 point per game scorer. Yeah. He might win a scoring title yeah. at some point <laughs> in his career. So, um, any other thoughts on that, Chris? Sorry, I mean, no, just dumb. Just like just dumb stuff that we saw from De'Aaron Fox this year. Yeah. Like, it was so, at, at points, like, it was just like. There were points where I felt better about him shooting the three than I did a free throw. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, he's he's a. A little bit of a streaky shoot. I mean, when he's hitting mm-hmm. them, he's hit, he can hit them. Um, but to me, I mean, the finishing at the at the rim, the mid range too, was the biggest thing. He he was. I mean, we we all saw how he came into the league. He was sticking bones. It was concern on whether he could, how much weight he could even put on. Um, I think a lot of those questions have kind of been silenced because he looks. I mean, he, he looks sized great, up. Right, man. No, they they and, mentioned uh, he'd hit the weight room, and now you're going to get Hallie in the weight room. Like, yeah. Yep. Fox is starting to fill out into that man body, and that's yeah. making a huge difference. Also, he's I think like fifty percent at the rim, which yeah. is like that's like that's ridiculous. Well, that's, and I and I think he got smart this season too. Is he's learning and he's starting to lean a little more on the floater instead of crashing to the rim every mm-hmm. time. That's gonna keep him healthier yeah. as his yeah, uh, career sure. goes on. I think we said before with Matt, like he's good at falling. Like he knows he's how great to at he, falling. He knows how to yeah. fall. Yeah. So, um, I think that you know the mid range. Took a big, you know, big jump this mm-hmm. year. I felt very comfortable. His step back it was was really fun to watch this year. Mm-hmm. Um, three point shot can get better. Obviously, I think it will. It, it had a big improvement this year alone. Um, free throws are a problem, but yeah, Darren should should be an all star next year. We'll see if he makes it. It's all politics, anyways. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, he's king of the year for sure. I mean, yeah. there's no other way to cut it. King uh, Darren. That's right, yeah. <laughs> King Darren. Uh, all right, our cola machine of the year. <laughs> this is a. Can you please tell the reference for those who might not get it? Because it's one of my all time favorite references. Chris, ever. you want to explain it? Yeah. So, uh, King's coach, George Carl, who was previous, previously mentioned in this episode. Um, shout out George Carl. Yeah, shout out George Carl. Once said in a post game interview, um, you know, I think I think uh, somebody asked him, like, hey, Derek Williams, Derek Williams yeah. got six or seven rebounds tonight. Like, something normal. Is that, you know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> nothing, nothing spectacular. Something you Definitely. should want from a power forward. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, hey, or he might have gotten a double double or something like that, and it was like, hey, like anything, got anything to say about Derek's great play today? And uh, George just looked at him <laughs> and said, "Even what?" And I really wish there was video of this, but there's only a quote that only even a Cole, Coke machine can go out there and get <laughs> six or seven rebounds. I believe is what. Yeah, he said. I don't think what Derek George was that. doing was taking shots at Derek. Yes, and he took he so many doing, shots. What he, he took shots at everybody. Play, like my guy, he like you have practice tomorrow. Like you know, he's going to see. Did sorry. he take shots at Willie Cauley Stein too? About like who uh, hasn't uh, taken uh, shots at Rondo. Willie Cauley Stein? Yeah, it's like yeah. well, Rondo's setting him up or something like that. It's like he mm. he's he's only playing well because like the, yeah. the passing. It was the something Seth, like that. The Seth Curry shade was probably the worst. Yeah, I mean that was also why you're going to be in this league a long time, boy. And then saying no one's untradeable, which I guess he wasn't wrong. He wasn't. No, he also wasn't. But anyways, uh, it's our cola machine. Cola machine for for trademark purposes. We, we you know for yeah. copyright, we can't we can't say yeah. the the name of the brand. But yeah. uh, our diet ride of the week. Our diet ride of the week. Jay, so who, who's yours? I'm gonna give an honorable mention real quick. Um, 
to a former king, Corey Joseph. He was the Cola Machine of the Year. Yes, he was. He <laughs> was had he stayed, Cola had he stayed sure. with the roster, but he didn't, so I can't give him the award. It's Marvin Bagley, guys. Ooh. Ooh. Marvin Bagley is the Cola Machine of the Year because guess what? Even a Cola Machine is active more than half of the time. Man. You know what? Man. And also a Cola Machine is extremely man. talented with a lot of options, just like Marvin is. But man, if the, man. Cola, if the Cola Machine got a bunch of soda in it, that's really good and tasty. But the damn yeah. thing can't turn on. Yeah. It doesn't matter. And that Cola Machine has a dad that is a, his, dad, <laughs> his, dad, his dad Cola Machine. and Dadager. Dadager. He's, he's making problems with the other soda machines. Uh, I like the pick. No, I, I, I really I do. do that. Like I, I, didn't I just didn't that. see it coming. Yeah. And, and I, I, I think it did need to be said, it. though. And, and Marvin has played well while he's been on the floor. I mean, he the numbers are there, but Not defensively. He, missed, he missed 30 no, games. No. And that's, yeah, I mean. I, I think now he has missed officially a little more than half the games he could possibly play in mm-hmm. for his career. He's played yeah. 118 games over three seasons. And to your Cola Machine point, I mean, uh, it's impressive that Marvin has played as well as he has played mm-hmm. with the few amount of play opportunities he's had. But as a symptom of missing games, in those games we've seen, I would say we have seen little to no development. Is the best Marvin Bagley rookie Marvin Bagley still? Well, here's it's the most exciting. Here's something least, funny. I mean, I don't know if do you it's got, just you the guys new car his, smell, but do you guys want his average over the last three seasons? Sure, fourteen and fourteen point seven, fourteen point seven, fourteen point seven. He's consistent. Yeah. No, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I what's think, his defensive rating over the last three years? Could you pull that up? Yeah, I would guess in the I would guess mm, high one twenties. Uh, one thirteen. Oh, per one hundred wow. possessions, one thirteen. Okay, that's I mean not that's good. not that's not great. That's still not great, but I thought it was like tragic. <laughs> what well, was was that this year? Or was that over the last? Well, the, so this year it was one seventeen. Yeah, that's, that's okay. the worst. That, ma- yeah. that makes a lot the, more sense. The first two years he was one ten and one eleven, so he took a little bit yeah. of a jump uh, in the wrong, the wrong, <laughs> the wrong direction. Yeah. He uh, looked you want lower very confused that, the on the defensive end a lot yeah. this year, more so than he did. I feel like in his rookie well, and year. I think the thing if Marvin is back next year and. This is something I've given a little bit of thought of thought to if Marvin's back next year. And like we talked about earlier, Rashawn maybe gets priced out. And I think it's kind of regardless of Rashawn being back next year. I think we're going to see a lot of Marvin at center next year. Oh, he's your starting five. If he's back next year and Rashawn's yeah. not, and you don't find an upgrade no. over Rashawn. I definitely see that being a thing just yeah. because well, the one time Marvin Bagley was actually somewhat decent on defense is when he can just body guys down low when he's not having to move and he's not getting caught up in screen and rolls, picking pops. That's where he's actually okay. Yeah. But it's when you get him out on the perimeter in pick and roll situations, picking pops, screen and rolls, you name it. He yeah. just gets so lost so easy. Yeah, he has a real hard time just with his defensive assignments. His rotations are terrible. He's not a he's not a rim protector no. at all, which is going to be an issue when he's playing center. But also it's an issue that you can't really – I mean, he's not as good as Anthony Davis to ha- – like Anthony Davis requests to play next to a center because right. he doesn't like the responsibility of going against Steven Adams or, you know, Joel sure. Embiid or whatever the hell. He's good enough offensively and defensively to yeah. – Whatever the hell top you five wanted. talent in the yeah, league, exactly. you can request those things. <laughs> Marvin Bagley is not good enough to have to play him with a center. I mean, we saw it with Demarcus early in his career. They tried to play him with Samuel Dallenbear. Uh I think even they would when they would play him with Jason Thompson. They put would play some Jason respect Thompson. on Chuck Hayes. <laughs> the Chuck oh wagon. Don't even get me started. The great on Chuck Modesto Hayes. Christians. Did I strike please. a nerve? Um, 
Go, yeah. that's yeah. that's funny though, just because I remember when Chuck Hayes got signed, just a sidebar. Like this fan base thought we had, like it was treated that's like disgusting. we had signed like an all star big man. I was a junior in. in high school at the time, and I remember never being more confused in my life when I saw that we signed a six seven center. Yeah, for a lot of money, I think at the time I think it was yeah. like four years, like six points and five rebounds a game. And the Chuck wagon, the, the Chuck wagon, the free throw <laughs> shot. Uh, Disgusting. Quick side note: uh, Monty McNair is having his his media availability right now, and he just said a quote that I'd, I just uh-huh. want to share. Luke Walton will be the head coach of the Kings, the next head coach of the Kings that gets him into the playoffs. That's what he just said. Okay. Hey, well, I- does that mean that he is locking him in for until that happens? Here's I'll take it one way: Monty McNair has a set of you know what on him to just yeah. make that proclamation because. Like I said, I I wasn't Mr. You need to fire Walton. I'm also not Walton is the guy that's going to bring this team. Although, again, I, I let me take that back. If they upgrade the roster, as I've said 56,487 times on this podcast, I think Walton can get them in the playoffs. I don't think he'll take them to a title, but Walton can get them also, in the playoffs. Also, I mean, for sure. Playoffs is playoffs? not playoffs. It's, it's not an accomplishment, guys. Like, no, playoffs for this team will be an accomplishment. An accomplishment. If they get the six or team, five seed next year. For sure. Oh, that's no, that is an actual <laughs> accomplishment. That's what I want us to real not realistically, but if we want to operate like a normal franchise, I want yeah. to aim for the four, five seed. The six for sure. seed would be great. But if Monty McNair is just saying that as a blanket statement, I'm sure he's thinking like next season we're going to be an eight seed or seven seed. If I had to guess, f- I'm assuming he's thinking we're turning over this roster to the point where it's going to not even be comparable to what it was last year. And so he he feels the audacity well, to say that he, sentence. He wants stability. He said stability is important. And he said the quote is to finish them. We'll, Chris and I will give our last awards and we'll, we'll finish this one off. Our guy is going to be the one that gets us back to the playoffs. And I think Luke is going to be that guy. Hey, yeah, for sure. I um, like the I like the confidence. Yeah. I'll give him that. It's funny enough because my cola machine of the year is in fact Monty McNair. Uh because like I said earlier, I think his biggest flaw for the season was just kind of having his toe dipped in the entire year and and treating it like a gap year. Do I think it was wrong for the organization? Not necessarily because I'm not sure you know, again, what making the play-in tournament does for your team's future. But um, I also don't think the result of this season was very beneficial. I wouldn't say we leave this season with, with much optimism, but also, you know, I don't I, I just I feel I like, like it was very – it was not – it was not a positive season, that's no. for sure. And uh, it definitely didn't have to be I, that way. Nice gift, Jay. Thanks. Jay, Jay posted the, the major league, you know. Mobbles. Mobbles. <laughs> You quote yeah. on the quote. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Chris. I no, that's all I had to say. Um, I think, you know, I'll look at it from this standpoint, from a play-in standpoint. If they're the play-in next year and they are somehow at seven with like 45 wins to me, that's a that's a huge yeah, leap. Definitely. Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. And I think that's probably that should be realistic. A goal. Yeah. That should be a goal. 45 wins? I think 45 wins should be a goal. I think even 42, just being above 500, would be a massive win. I mean, it, they, haven't, I mean yeah. they haven't been 500 in almost 20 years. And, like, I know people might say, like, well, it's like for this team and this franchise, I understand that, that is a step. But also part of, I think, part of what Monty McNair needs to do as the GM, as someone who is coming in from a winning organization to what the Kings are, he needs to come in and not think and operate 
with the mentality of holding on to the past 15 years. Because if he's going to do that, he's going to operate, honestly, just in a different mind space. I agree. I agree, man. I agree. Uh, so, Monty McNair for Chris. Uh, Marvin Bagley for Jay. For me... We almost renamed it the Corey Joseph Award. I'm gonna, I'm giving it to Corey Joseph <laughs> only because even with half a season, Corey yeah, Joe yeah. still gets the Did award. He get enough games Here's played? my problem. I mean. with my, my problem with Kojo, and he is a very good guy in the locker room. He's a nice dude from everything we've seen, yeah. and we keep apologizing every time. Well, but, you know what, Frank? Everyone loves a cola machine. And this is the last time we'll you ever know? give him the award. I've unless, never seen a cola machine and be like, but God. You look at what he did for Detroit over 20 games, and he had the the best spurt of his entire career. He averaged. 12 points per game, 5.5 assists, 3.2 rebounds. He shot 37% from three, 50% from the field. Where, where, the, hell was, at, where the hell was that? We needed that. That's well, good. somebody had to shoot the ball in Detroit. Yes. <laughs> yes. And DeLon Wright was gone and, and yeah. Crojo said Because DeLon him, Wright was having the career year in Detroit before true. that yeah. happened. But even look what DeLon Wright is enough off the yeah. bench. Even yeah. like before he was a starter, DeLon Wright was doing mm-hmm. just a massive yes. improvement over Kojo. The defense was better, the pace, yeah. uh, the shooting, everything. Definitely highlighted how much we were missing. And <laughs> Kings fans were dunking on him all year. I feel bad they for it. They dunked on him all last year. I'm, I'm starting to dunk <laughs> yeah. on you, Kojo. He's, he's a champion. You can't take that away from him. Nope. The Kings got him paid. The Kings yes. got him paid. Yes. And uh, there you go. It was a win for everybody, the trade. So... Yeah. Thanks, Kojo. And I will say to my Monty McNair's Cola Machine of the Week point, he I think it's a literal miracle that he was able to trade Corey Joseph for anything, let alone an upgrade. Right. <laughs> yeah. upgrade. What, what was Detroit doing with that? I mean, they were freeing up cash. I they, think they, they, freed they were up freed nine, up They freed up $9 million, And they got a couple I second guess, rounders. Yeah. Anywho. I guess. That's that's all I got. Is this dropping today? This dropping dropping probably today. within this the is, hour. Yeah. Okay, can I uh, plug what we got coming up this week? Of course, week? Absolutely. absolutely. We're doing a, a whole Kings review this week on the Carmichael Ooh. Dave Show. Uh, tomorrow, 735, Katie Hunter. 805, Kyle Draper. Ooh. Thursday will be at 735. Oh, God. You know, we, we booked this all last night, me and Dave, and it was quite the fiasco trying to get it booked. Oh, I know at 8.05 on Thursday is Sam Amick. 7.35, Jerry Reynolds. How dare I Jerry forget Jerry Reynolds. Wow. And then on Friday, we got the Joneses. Mark Jones at 7.35 and Jason Jones at 8.05. Wow. Kings keeping week. up with the Joneses. <laughs> keeping up with Friday. the Joneses. Keeping up with Carmichael, Dave, and Jay Mars. Yeah. Hey, trying to bring you some good Kings coverage. That is. Guys. Love it. Some heavy Make sure stuff. you guys tune in 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. Yes, uh, James Ham on today. Correct? James was on today. Marcos Breton was on today. That, of course, is in the archives. Go to KHTK.com. Really good stuff from James and what his all thought on the roster, the Luke Walton decision, all that good stuff. And again, that's at KHTK.com, just like this podcast. Yes, definitely go listen to that because uh, we're we're big James Ham fans. So uh, any 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 insight that James has, James has, we know is uh, is is. 100% he's the insider true. for crying yeah, out loud. I mean, right. he, that, that guy is plugged in. And he's, like, the, he's the apple like cider king socket. of yeah. Golden One Center. The apple cider king of Golden One Center. He is, bro. That well, man. the G1C needed an apple cider king. I know yep. they've been looking to crown one for about three years yeah. now. I'm glad James took the yeah, throne. He did. Really stepped into that role. Congratulations and, to yeah. James for that. Proud of you, man. Um, yeah, well, <laughs> that's it. That's uh, that's all we got at, on that on that note. Uh, Longs an hour and ten minutes. Yeah, well, you know, hey, when you have, time flies when you're having fun. Time Jay. flies when we're having oh. a great time talking yeah. about the Kings. Great time talking about a ten the stellar seed. Sacramento Kings. That's yeah. right, uh, eleven seed. Uh, so yeah, for Jay Mars, Frank Cardicelli, I'm Chris Watkins. 
Uh, do we have any shout outs? Shout out Pfizer. Shout out um, Pfizer. We're rocking with Pfizer still, right? Yeah, I'm a Pfizer. I'm a Pfizer. Oh, yeah, we're all Pfizer. Cool. We're rocking with Pfizer. Pfizer gang. All right. All right. Uh, yeah, shout out Pfizer. Uh, shout out Sacramento Kings for ending the season. And I uh, hope everybody enjoys the playing games and the uh, actual NBA playoffs with good teams. Bye bye. Thank you.